All right. Thank you for downloading. This is episode 101 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. Back after a little vacation time that we took, episode 101 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast for December 10th, 2014. I am your host, Dan Skullcrusher. Intro and outro music today by The Misfits, because I've been listening to them like quite a bit lately, so I thought, why not? Check out our site, blog, episode show notes, receptacle, speedmetalcycling.com. The Name That Cyclist Project is there as well, where... Uh, we teach you how to pronounce the names of cyclists properly. And thanks to Klaus, we have Norwegian names going up this week. Info at speedmetalcycling.com. Follow us on Twitter, Speed Metal Cycle. Instagram, The Skull Crusher. And that stuff is on the site. Oh, anyway, Klaus and Mike, welcome back, fellas. Mike, first, how are you doing? Better than Klaus. <laughs> and, and Klaus, how are Damn you doing? It. Not as good as Mike. <laughs> there you go. Amazing. <laughs> awesome. You I have to tell you, because you mentioned um, the starting music, intro music. Yeah. I met someone who said, wait, has there been an episode since the Bobby Brown episode? Like, they remember the intro music <laughs> for the live episode that they referred to it as the Bobby Brown episode. <laughs> it's like the Chips episode with punks. Like, everyone remembers <laughs> that episode. <laughs> or like the Brady Bunch episode where the tiki thing where they go surfing in Hawaii. Like that's the only episode you remember. <laughs> I, no, no, the Bobby Brown one was the last one. The Bobby Brown was the last one. Well, you know, speaking of that, we took a, we took a long break. or um, And then during the whole break, I was like, well, there's not really much to talk about. And then I thought back about the year, years prior during the off season. We continued to do episodes during the off season. I don't know what the hell we talked about. But anyway, that's gone. And, and, and the other thing, too, is that I, I, I don't know exactly how the, the, the future of the podcaster, because you know, now I have a new fancy job with a fancy title and a fancy office and stuff. I'm going to be really busy. And my commute is, you know, a bit of a pain, not a bit of a pain. It's a huge pain. So, you know, I'm getting home late and it's just a whole thing. I'm all busy now. I'm responsible for people. I'm like approving like other people's vacation time. What? I'm important, dude. But that well, sounds like a nightmare. Can I go on vacation from wait, this podcast? Wait, wait, wait. Because I have to say, number one, welcome to our world because Mike, yeah. I, he probably approves vacation time. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Mike is like, ooh, that's crazy. I'm like, Mike, you do that. No, I, I didn't. I didn't mean that as being it's like actually that. one of my hobbies. But you know, like I am. I'm as the, a little kid, you would sit there and stamp your dad's <laughs> like forms. Yeah. But well, but Mike, yeah. don't you think that being the boss is kind of a pain? I mean, I, it's I mean, the worst. It, it, I hate worst. it. I hate being the boss. And at least you get to wear whatever you want. I have to wear like 
all fancy pants and fancy really? shoes. Fancy yeah. pants. Yeah, I am Mr. Fancy Pants. And nobody wants to talk to me because I'm the boss. You know what I mean? So they all like, oh, where are we going for lunch? Yeah. Laughter as they leave and stuff. And I'm like, nobody asked me if I wanted to come to lunch. How do you think Lance Armstrong felt for all those years? No one wanted to talk to him either. <laughs> That's exactly That's, what he was the like, boss. Yeah. Right now, I feel like, like like I am Lance Armstrong. Come on. It's very sad. It's very sad. Oh, you're making it sound worse than it is. It couldn't be that bad. No, nah, and I get paid really well, so I don't really care. But uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway. Are you going to tell people that you manage a Starbucks? I have, yes, actually, I'm, I'm here to reveal the big secret. My fancy new job is I am a manager at uh, 7-Eleven, actually. And the fancy pants he's referring to, referring to are the pleated dockers that come with the uniform. Yes. <laughs> you know how, so for those listening outside the United States, in the United States, when you pay taxes, as we all do, at least I think Mike does, um, you have a thing that they mail you once a year that shows your earnings ever since you started making money. And there is a clear break where I started making more money when I, after my last job with a name tag. <laughs> like there's a really clear break. <laughs> well, the first time I was a boss, the first time I was a manager, I was a manager at a movie theater. I still had a name badge, but I was a manager. I had to wear a tie. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, um, if, you're a, if you're a pharmacist, you make a lot of money, even if you work at Target, because a friend of my wife's does that, and she makes an amazing, very good living. Yeah, they make a lot of money. Yeah, you're kind of working retail. Yeah, and you, you have to wear a name tag. Yeah. And you so, still have to be like, swipe the card right here. It's going to ask you to sign. Yeah. And you went to school for like eight years. Yeah. But my first, my first year of earnings, I still remember from the last time I got that form was $85. <laughs> the whole uh, year? Yeah. Wow. I can tell I, you this. My I, very first paycheck ever was in 1990. The summer of 1990, I worked at a McDonald's, and the first thing that I had to do was I had to go in an hour for for uh, orientation. So they paid me just for that hour on that week, and uh, minimum wage then was three dollars and eighty cents. So my very first paycheck was three dollars and eighty cents, <laughs> and I was driving my mom's car down to the bank to deposit it. I was all happy. And all the windows were rolled down and I was playing Metallica. I remember this perfectly. And the check flew out of the window. No. <laughs> yes. No down Holland, Sylvania Road in Toledo, Ohio. I had to pull over, <laughs> walk back and pick up the check from the street. You could have called. You, you would If you lost it, you could have asked them to cancel. They would have been, that's a $4 service charge to cancel <laughs> yeah. the check. You owe, us, you owe us 22 cents. Oh, my God. Yeah, those were the days. And look at how far we've come. Look how far I've come. Yeah. I, I'm making a little bit more than $3.80, but not by much. Um, so, fellers, there's uh, actually quite a few things going on. On uh, Did you see the breaking news? What breaking news? Break them to me. Astana got its, you see it, got its world tour license. And who got it taken away? Europe car. Yeah. But why is that? 
money. Yeah, Astana has like 20 times the budget, and that's no exaggeration. It's probably 20 times the budget that Astana does. Well, it's also um, the, the, the license review panel, they don't have anything to do with the UCI. They're like independent. So they don't have, to them, it's not really about, their, their decision is not based on doping right. or whatever. They their don't read cycling is, news every, every minute. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, not, they're, they're not reading the, the inner ring. Vino Overlord? They don't they don't follow Vino Overlord <laughs> on Twitter. So to them, I mean they look at the at the financials and their business plan and stuff and if it's good then it's good. I really honestly don't think that Europe Car wanted their license renewed. I mean to be to remain in the first division. But they applied for uh, it. Yeah, but yeah. I I think that they're probably happy that they didn't. They asked it. for too much vacation. Yeah. <laughs> didn't get approved. Uh, the well, wasn't approved. you know what I heard? They had a check for the UCI and it flew out of the window when they were driving <laughs> down Holland, Slovenia Road. Uh, famous love, I mean, famous story. For French teams, I see what you mean because that's kind of pulling a Kofi and saying, well, I still get to go to the tour. So, I mean, sure. yeah. 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 So, I mean, what do you get? The tour, Paris-Roubaix, Paris-Nice. Yeah, and I mean... It, nah. That right there is a good schedule. Is it like who was it? Who's their big star now? Those two guys. There's two French guys that are like pretty good. I can't remember who they are. Like Pierre Roland, somebody else. Whatever. Those two guys announced that they were both actually going to concentrate in the on the tour this year. So they're still going to have the tour. And I mean, who cares, really? You know, it doesn't really. But wait, does that mean there's one more spot open in the first division? I am cycling. Are they going up? I mean, I know that they were supposed to, but I don't know if they—they they haven't okay. made. They haven't made. I haven't missed the announcement, have I? Uh, I thought that was a done deal. Maybe I missed it. I don't know. I thought so. Hmm. And I think Carlinson uh, Pantano signing took it over the top. Yeah. Did I tell you guys that in Medellin, when I was there in September, I thought I saw Pantano die? No. Oh yeah, the the in the in the. At the track. At the track nationals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you told the story how the crash was right in front of you. and Wow. That was like, that. it was very scary and not good at all. And I had just gotten done telling my wife, oh, I've met that guy before. And then like two seconds later that happens and I was like, oh, Christ. Almighty. And that but- sound of breaking carbon is like so chilling. It was awful. It, it sounds like something's getting ripped or something. Oh, it's, I it was awful, but... Sound. Um, but he's an IM, and I think they're moving on up. That's why. Actually, the crash was what made them. They were like, oh, this poor guy crashed really bad in track in the Colombian National Track Championships. So we should uh, give IM Cycling the... He won the points race, too, though. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he was winning. But, um, but yeah, so more importantly, Astana keeps the license. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I, they were on probation. <sighs> I think okay. that any team from Eastern Europe should be on probation from the moment they get into the sport. Well, so it was last year that Katusha almost got it taken away, right? Yeah. 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 Or before, yeah. But that was for like shady business practices. That wasn't necessarily because of the whole doping thing. But I honestly think that I would not have agreed with Astana being dodged because of the actions of a few randoms. Now, if they were to prove... Oh, wait, 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 wait. If you take into account Vinokurov, who heads up the team, that's not a random guy. 
Well, no, no, no. That's what I was going to say. If they, if, they, if they prove that really it's systematic, that there's systematic doping in the team, that's one thing. But the fact that even five or six guys have tested positive doesn't necessarily mean that everybody in the team has been. So no, punishing but, everybody in the team... But that's not what the threshold should be, that it's systematic. Plus, it's going to take like 15 years to prove that anything is systematic. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think though. I mean, if that's going on, you you just sort of look the other way. I I think. Uh, I mean, really, when you look at Vinokurov, you're saying like a guy who paid for a race, and I know races are bought and paid for all the time. But when you have emails proving that that happened just a few years ago, and then you have all this happen, I think I, that has to be included into what is taken into consideration, not just financials. Has to be. Right, Mike. Do you, I mean, do you think that do you think that it would have been okay for Vincenzo Nibali not to be able to race the Giro d'Italia because Astana, or to defend the Tour de France title because of what other guys in Astana have done? I, they didn't let Levi ride the Tour. Remember those teachers let Levi ride? They didn't let Levi ride because Levi signed with Astana. It's, it's they didn't let them ride that year. And by the way, I don't mean to take either direction, but your statement is assuming that Nibali is clean. Yeah. Because it hasn't been proven otherwise. But I'm saying it makes an assumption. <laughs> well, that makes an assumption about everybody, every, every guy in every team. Right. I mean, you know, guilty and whatever. Innocent until proven guilty. I firmly believe in that, especially in these days, because I'm the only one that is still like... I, I still have I still hope that things are okay. I, I I don't know. I mean, but does the present uh uh exhibit A, B, C, D from them as well as the information that came out today about that investigation in Italy make you feel any better? I mean, no, well, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not stupid either. I mean, I, I realize what the facts are. I just don't think that a whole team. If just because Vincenzo Nibali, just because we're using him as a as an example, just because Nibali races for that team doesn't necessarily mean that he himself is guilty. Do you know what I oh, mean? Oh no, oh, but I'm just saying. Then you can't take down a team or ban them because they have a really good rider in the team. You know what I mean? Then people would be trying to sign Nibali just to give them, like, as smoke and mirrors just to protect them because they could never be banned because that guy won the tour. I mean, clearly it doesn't say anything about Nibali. I just think it's not – I don't know what the criteria is that they were looking at, but I think the criteria should possibly be expanded to take into account things like, I don't know, Vinokurov. Well, one good thing There's about that. Clause. The Vino clause. The Vino clause. Yeah. Yeah, a loophole there that needs to be closed with the Fino clause. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that would make guys also look deeper into teams before they sign for them. You well, know? that's like, the thing. You could say Nibali could be the cleanest rider in the history of the sport, and he's still benefiting from a dirty system that uh, apparently his team has constructed. Oh. Like, is he not? Does he not benefit from that in some way? Yes, of course. I didn't think about that. Yeah. If he's clean, but. I don't know who else is in Astana. Gasparotto is, you know, protecting him in a race. Gasparotto is not clean. Right. Then, of course, yeah. yeah, I didn't, you know what? Until you brought that up, I hadn't even thought about that. And 
you know, mind you, we can go to the other extreme and say, not only is Nibali clean, he's also completely clueless. <laughs> he knows nothing. Like, he's never even read those emails about being a corrupt winning a race. Again, I know races are about all the time. He doesn't know anything about anyone else doping. Yeah, but even still, that could be true. Even if he knows nothing. Right. It's, it's but still- by the way, I think I could probably give you a reason. We could play World Tour Bingo, and there's probably a reason not to sign with each and every single team. Sure. What makes it better, I guess, is when those teams and those riders are kind of upfront about it, at least. But, man, between doctors and stuff, oy, oy, oy. So, Mike, good. Mike you would say then that because even the clean riders in a team like Astana are benefiting from the guys who aren't clean, that the teams should somehow be punished as a whole team. Well, that, I, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what the way that the way that people are getting away with everything that's going on nowadays is that every the onus is put on every individual rider. So there's never so the team can go. We had no idea he was seeing that doctor. Doctor who? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> doctor who? <laughs> they they just yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. But they they just they just wipe their hands and they say no idea. This guy went. You know, we went to this other guy and we had no idea it was happening. We are shocked. This guy's fired. Whatever. But if you put the onus on the team itself to be responsible for its team as a unit, then you change the landscape a little bit. Well, unless it's Vinokuro and then your team, one, yeah. Well, it's a whole other problem. But like one dude getting popped for something can bring down your entire team. Then you're gonna have to you're gonna figure out a way to maintain you know to keep your riders in line and make sure that nothing <laughs> nothing weird is going on. Yeah, no, no, no. Exactly. I mean, it's it's really interesting too because then if somebody gets popped for something and the whole team goes down, everybody else in that team is screwed because right. of some clown. And this happens in every sport because the mo- the money they pay have to protect the money. So they put these guys out on a limb and they put them out on their own and they say, we had no idea Alex Rodriguez was flying down to wherever and doing, you know, Dominican Republic and getting these nutritional supplements. We are, we are completely as shocked as you are. Like, that's how they get away with it. And by the way, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that in that example, to get us one step removed from cycling, that in that example, like the New York Yankees were buying him the plane ticket or renting the private jet to take him down there to get that stuff but they might have known and i think if you set up a system of accountability then not that i'm necessarily an advocate for for riders ratting each other out nor that i would know what the inside of a team really feels or is like but then you might have riders that say well they might have to become more secretive if they're going to do that because everyone's watching because they want to keep their job Yeah, and like I said, maybe it will give also riders, you have to give the team that you're signing with a second look because if there is anybody in that team that is dirty, you know, that may mean your your season is done because the team gets banned. So it's interesting. It's But, it, you know, I mean, there's so much more to, to what we're talking about. If a team gets suspended, then there's mechanics and other support staff that is going to go without pay and then sponsors and i mean like like the last thing that cycling needs right now it's another reason for potential sponsors to have second thoughts you know 
And I think one of those reasons could be teams like Asana being allowed to race based on their history. It's kind of a joke. Actually, Joe Lindsay wrote a good piece uh, for Outside Magazine about this, and it's called some – I forget. I don't have it. It's something like if cycling wants to be uh, believed in or something, Astana has to go. Like it's kind of an op-ed thing. Because um, I think it speaks volumes about what is allowed and what is okay. It's a it's a touchy subject, and 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 I go back and forth on it, and I, I there's no easy solution. Um, it just it goes back to something that we've talked about a million times: is that there needs to be a radical change in the way that cycling is run, and by radical I mean a complete do over, which is impossible or near impossible. You know, to well, get rid of the UCI completely and the system completely. Adam Meyerson wrote that thing even now a couple of years ago about, you know, kind of burning things down. But I guess in the meantime, you can take on a case-by-case scenario. And if you want radical change, what do you do at a time like this? Say to Astana with the number of positives that they've had, yep, go ahead. You meet the standards for what it takes to be at the top level of the sport. That's what they were told today. Mm. I mean, that's the message that's being sent to other teams as well. Like, uh, one or two things could happen. Yeah, you'll be all right. You still get to race. So apparently, they're just there's more documents that are supposed to come out around uh, the Ferrari stuff. So that could that could take it back to. But I don't think the Ferrari it. thing is true because Ferrari himself came out and said that, that it wasn't true. Mm. <laughs> That's me. But being if sarcastic. you read the wording, it's like <laughs> he's like, I never. This guy said I met him. I never met him. But that doesn't mean he didn't. Yeah, no, 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 no. Him. I was being yeah, I was being sarcastic with that. Uh-oh. Of course. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I was being completely sarcastic. No, yeah, yeah. Overruled. It's all. Yeah, like I'm. I'm supposed to trust this guy out of all the people in the world. I'm gonna trust Doctor Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Complicated. But. I think we're, that it, we're off to a great start. Hasn't even started yet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Between that and the MTN Chewbacca kits, it's, it's already a great season. <laughs> so here's the thing. I know it's awful, but it's different, and it may look good on screen. It may look good on screen, but it looks like the Newcastle United jersey, which looks like the Foot Locker logo, which looks like a dopey football referee. I don't know. From afar, I think it may look good. I just don't understand what they were thinking gonna, about. Can you can you just write that what that write down what Klaus just said? What it may look good on screen. On screen. Just so when we're when we're in the middle of the season next year, we can bring it up every time. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. I think. No, 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 no. I think we agreed. Was it with the like last Radio Shack kid or something that just did not look good, and yet on screen. From a helicopter or whatever, it kind of worked. Yeah. Was it, uh, what about Bardiani? It was leopard. It was it was leopard. Leopard. Yeah. yeah. No. What about Bardiani with that fluorescent like lime yellow green thing? It's hideous. It's generic, but it works because I can definitely spot those guys a mile away. You can't really. We're talking about uh, whether or not the kit looks nice. I. It, I think that you can do both. You can be recognizable and make it look nice. It's just, they just went completely the wrong way. It's a hideous, hideous kit. And both of their presenting sponsors, MTN and Quebeca, neither of them have black or white as their colors. So where the hell did they get those colors from? 
Wait, I thought it was black and yellow. It's black and white. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it was black and yellow, then it would look like uh, Peñarol, the Peñarol kit, um, the soccer team in South America. But it's pretty ugly. It's pretty ugly, and it's or black and white. I don't know. I just think it, it on screen it might work from far away. I don't know. I'm looking at it in my screen right now, and it looks like shit. Well, get on a helicopter and fly away, and then see if how it looks good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I just think that it's hilarious that these guys. It's gonna look like you have referees in the peloton, like that's gonna look. Maybe that's yellow, what they need. Throwing yellow cards down. On it. <laughs> that would Which, be awesome. By the way, didn't isn't there a race in the U.S., California, or Colorado that has a guy in a ref jersey T-shirt on a motorcycle? Am I making this up? No, I've seen this before, but I've seen it in the smaller races. Yeah. Where the guy in the motorcycle, like the officials in the cars and the motorcycles, wear referee jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And the other thing I love that happens in some American races, and I also, honestly, it happens in Colombian races, is that when they are crossing the finish line, they have a checkered flag. <laughs> like it's a car race. They don't have that in Europe, huh? That's yeah, you're right, cross. actually. There's no flag waving. Hey, speaking of flag waving, I thought I think I told this story before in the Brazilian Grand Prix in Formula One a couple of years ago. The guy waving the flag was Pelé, and <laughs> the first guy went by, the second car came through, and they kept telling him to wave it, and he was just like talking to somebody else. By the time he waved the flag, it was the third guy, <laughs> the third car was oh, coming. No. It's hilarious. He totally it's the missed it. the one thing he had to do, right? That's the one thing he had to do all day, and he didn't do it. Oh, Pelé. Um, yeah, I mean, that kit is friggin' hilarious. I think that now all the people that they signed, all the, like, crazy signings that they had, uh, Bosenhagen and Tyler Farr and all those people are probably like, damn it. Yeah. Why I have to say that, that I really like that yellow color they have. It's like Caterpillar, but now Lotto Jumbo has the same color anyway, so all is well. Yeah, what a another team. Uh, that's another uh, kit that I was super disappointed at. The Lotto NL Jumbo or whatever. It's just first of all, I don't know if the name of the team is going to be Lotto Jumbo or Lotto NL Jumbo. In the jersey, it says Lotto. Period. Yeah, because that's the official logo of the Lotto there. But the name of the team, everywhere I've seen it written, is Lotto NL. Jumbo. It's not Lotto.nl? Uh, maybe. It's like Bonesto.com? Yeah, remember that? Yeah, see, that's kind of weird. Or FDJ.com, remember? Someone was or telling FDJ. me that Bonesto's that bikes did not say Pinarello, they said Bonesto. Is that true? I've seen them both ways. Okay. I've seen some Bonesto ones, yeah. I forgot to, look, I forgot to Google it the other day. Um, telecom's Pinarellos were the same way, but then maybe they weren't paying for them. Uh, mm, maybe that's what it was. And remember at the Tour of California one year when High Road high, had the bikes that just said High Road, but they were they were Huffies, the new no. Scott, oh right model, and they just painted them over because they said they developed them, <laughs> but they didn't make them. It was weird. It's weird. Isn't it funny that that team, that teams? Oh no, 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 not High Road. I, I was thinking about Slip Slipstream. Like, Slipstream kind of acquired um, the Cervelo team. They kind of swallowed them. And now yeah. they're kind of swallowing Cannondale, too. Yeah. It's kind of weird. 
I still miss Cervelo testing. I do too. They were cool. They were cool. And they had behind the barriers, and I liked that thing. Behind the barriers? That's a cyclocross thing. <laughs> What's the, what was the name of the Cervelo one? Thing. Be, beyond uh, the Peloton. Beyond the Peloton. Yeah. <laughs> no, inside the Peloton. It, no, or it was Beyond. Beyond the Peloton? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. It's Around such a stupid corner. name, but I yeah. love those things. You know, every once in a while, maybe I've said this before, um, I'll be watching like a really low-grade home like fixing up type show on cable tv and that song that they used at the beginning of those cervello testing videos will come on and i have like a visceral reaction to it clearly it was just some stock music that they used yeah i love that though like drum ding ding. and i'm like oh it's gonna be some video about torhushoff Yep. Yes. <laughs> Thor Hushov and uh, Carlos Sastre. Mm. Yeah. Poor Carlos. Where is he now? Uh, I think he bought an ice cream parlor in his hometown and he's running it. <laughs> or he works at home. I don't know. Uh, but speaking of awesome and hideous kits, how about that Tinkoff training kit? Uh, it looks like they were <laughs> hunting. It's or a nightmare. From someone. That is a nightmare. That's exactly what it is. It is a nightmare. What the hell are they? Th- well, never mind. I was going to ask. What is the, the, what is the regular kit going to look like? I just just for the sake of this podcast, so that it gives us plenty to talk about. I hope it's that hideous. I hope it's something <laughs> like that. But instead of the camo being like camo colors, the camo would be like yellow and blue. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. It looked like a puzzle. And so, is this a new thing? The training kit. That's. Tinkoff trying to sell more jerseys. More I guess. Stuff yeah, was saying like how soccer teams have like a home home kit, away kit, and like an alternate one. So that's yep. what he's trying to do. I mean, did he say that specifically? Because I mean, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, oh, by the way, that reminds me. I found something. I'll send it to you guys if you want to post it. It's a guy. I, I don't know if he's the one that did it. Where I found it. It's a blog. It's a like a grid that shows you like AG2R's kit since 2005. Oh. BMC's kit. Like this crap. Oh, the history so of? The pictures are tiny, but you can kind of go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me see. And for example, you realize how Oscatel was insanely consistent. Lamprey was very consistent. Coffee uh, Dees, who also just released their new jersey. Did you see that? No. It's exactly. No, no it's exactly the same. <laughs> well, Coffee has changed their logo again. The company changed their logo. Does so, it still have a little sun? Yes, but it's 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 like a little bit more of a graphic sun. It looks like clip art, basically. No. And it's like right in the middle of the jersey. But I mean, it's basically... Does it still sense. have the, the speed skater swash? No. Sash? no. No. And it doesn't have the phone number either. I was hoping doesn't the phone, phone number, number would make a comeback. <laughs> like, I, was get, just, I was just getting used to the phone number. <laughs> That's so, hilarious. So far as I can tell, the phone number was there from 2005 to 2009. Again, the pictures are small, but I just sent you guys the link, and uh, listeners can look at it too. Yeah. Um, and then the other team that released their jersey is uh, Ethics Quick Step. Yeah. It looks nice. I mean, I guess. I, it's I, the same. I, yeah, I really like that blue, though. I really, really, really like that blue. Actually, I'm not looking at the kit. Are you guys, either of you guys looking at the ethics kit right now? 
Not right now. I saw the picture of Mark Cavendish. Yeah, exactly. But now I can't remember if the shoulders are blue or black. Mm, because know. I was watching. The one is black. What's that? The new one is black. Oh, the the, the, the shoulders, shoulders are black. Yeah. Because I was watching uh, earlier today. Actually, I was watching um, uh, the Strada Bianchi from this year. And there's a couple of times when I couldn't tell if the people in the front of the group were Sky or or Omega Pharma Quickstep guys. So I was hoping that they would actually have the 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 teal that teal blue in the in the shoulders that would be nice and less people with black shoulders would be nice and united healthcare also released in new jersey and it's hilarious because only one thing changed you know how it's split down the middle and then on the right side on the white panel it has all the little logos like the maxis logo and i don't know uh tristina villier whatever and one of those logos changed. Is that the only thing that changed? Well, the shorts, they're a little bit different, but that's the only thing that changed. So it's funny, funny. I like that kid a lot, so I don't really have much to complain about. And then the Lotto NL Jumbo, which awesome colors. The the colors from the old uh, Del Togo Cold Nago um, kit from back in the day, from the, what is it, early 80s. Uh, the black and yellow, it's awesome, but uh, but I think that they could have done so much more with that. Really, really could have done so much more. Um, wait, where am I? Like doing? a phone number? What's that? Like putting a phone number on there? They could have put a phone number on it. No, I just think that the Lotto logo is cool. And it's just having those little balls, like those cartoon balls on it, just makes it look so stupid. So they have this, their sister team is the speed skating team, right? And the speed skating jerseys look way cooler than the cycling jerseys. I think I've mentioned this before, but in Joe Parkin's book, he mentions how he raced for a team from Philadelphia that was like the brother team of the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, really? Yeah. And I wonder if their jersey looked like the Flyers jersey. That like wouldn't be too bad. But yeah, this this jersey is just like it looks like a like a developmental. It looks like a club team or something like that. It's just it's so not doesn't look pro at all. Here's what these guys should do. They should they should every team should have a training kit. They should release that first, and that will buy themselves some more time to design a good kit a for good the kit. actual team. Formula yeah. One, a lot of Formula One teams do that. They they release like a livery for testing that is yeah. kind of like whatever with some like random sponsors that just pay for like just that, and then they release the actual car yeah. like before the season. And then well, and then they could like they could try something out, and if people love it, they could be like, oh, they like that. We're going to do that for the actual kit and tweak it a little bit and make it something yeah, that people. But do are we into. really think? Do we really think that teams give a shit what people like or don't like? As long as the sponsors are happy, they don't care. That's true. See, but you see the Katusha kit has some has some fluorescent yellow in it. Yes, one of their sponsors has like a fluorescent yellow like sticker on it. Right? Yeah, and in in the, the the building in it and I'm again I'm not looking at it right now so I this is just from memory. The the building that they have like the Kremlin building that they have is like now centered right in the middle of the jersey, right? Yeah. Very very uh, unfortunately placed. Yes. Oh, one of those. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, you should never do that. Put something 
pointy and spiky. Coming yeah. out of your shorts. Coming out yeah. of your shorts, yeah. That so, happens. you know, in the NFL, they do that <clears throat> since they don't have sponsors on the jerseys. On their training jerseys, they're allowed one sponsor. So if there was enough money in cycling, you could have a secondary sponsor or something. Yeah, well, I mean, national teams do that as well. Um, I think yeah. Vauxhall is the is the sponsor of the of the English national team. So every time they're in training kits and you know all that stuff. But of course, uh, yeah. you know, training for soccer happens in a stadium with a bunch of camera dudes. Training for cycling happens in like a Bad remote road stadium. outside of Boulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but still, I don't know. It'd be kind of. But you yeah. can always put a, a thousand photos and trillion videos of it, like Think of Saxo does, mm-hmm. and then it'll be everywhere. So yeah, why not? I sure. mean, you get some press. Well, I just want to know how come the skating guys in Lotto Jumbo um, get to not have the stupid balls on the jersey, and then the cyclists do, and it just looks ugh. Speaking of sad. things coming out of shorts and balls, um, Tim Johnson, that one year he raced cyclocross with a kid that was all eight balls, he had an eight ball right on his package. There you go. And he put he covered it with Sharpie because it was like too like weird. Um, I think I mentioned this before, but I think there's kind of some cool opportunities for continuity. Like – in the Mountain Bike World Cup, the BMC team races with the same kit as the road team. And the Giant team race with the same kit as, like, Giant Shimano and the Blanco kit. Oh, really? Yeah. The Blanco kit actually came from the Mountain Bike team. So it's cool if you have, you know, both. Hey, Mike, uh, what, was it I, that, what was it that you referred to Cyclocross as a couple of episodes ago? Uh, putt putt uh, golf, the putt putt golf of cycling. Oh, mini yeah, miniature mini golf, golf, mini golf. Yeah. So it it happens in mini golf cycling as well, right? If if you ride for a team for a road team, then you wear the normal road team kit when you do like mini golf races, right? I was remembering why you said that, and I think for those that didn't hear it, it was in reference to the fact that like in mini golf, at least in movies like what's that Adam Sandler movie? Uh, Billy Madison. A, yeah, and Billy Madison, like in really good putt putt courses, mini golf. Yeah, it's like the ball has to go inside the mouth of the thing, come out of the volcano. Yeah, I mean, listen, cyclocross is a tough mutter. And we know how lame tough mutters are. What is tough mutter? Oh, you don't know what a tough mutter is? No. Are these silly races that people race now like it's just okay there's a 5k that you can run there's a 10k you can run you can do a half marathon but But no that's not good enough now they have these like obstacle courses and there's like mud and you like finish the race and you're covered in mud and you're tough because you went over all these like stupid the same thing as cyclocross let's just put some (laughs) obstacles on the course and have people have to get off their bike and jump into the mud and like so silly no it wouldn't be a tough mudder it would be steeplechase oh yeah whatever it's just silly so anyway it's a track event you know you have to do like a jump but then on the other side there's a gigantic pit of water pit of water yeah that's steeplechase yep exactly it's just a (laughs) silly I'm sorry on a horse? No, no runners. Horses, like it's a track and field thing. It's an Olympic event. Oh. 
Mini golf yeah. is not an Olympic event. Neither is yes. Tough Mudders. But um, or you know the other the sister the ugly sister of Tough Mudders is Color Runs. Let's run around and throw color at each other. Well, I oh, thought you were boy. referring to that Seinfeld episode where they're going to bet on horses, and in the subway, that guy saying that the mother that was a mutter, and his mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. <laughs> Everything in life comes down to a Seinfeld episode. It's more or less. More or less. Um, uh, anything else on kits that you guys want to talk about? Did I miss uh, any kits? That FTJ. Were... Did they release their kit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were the first ones. Oh, no wonder. That's probably why I totally missed it. It looks like a tube of Crest toothpaste. It's all, uh, it's that all could white be an with awesome a blue thing. triangle and a red triangle, and the shorts are white. Oh, no. Why short, white shorts? See, these people that decide who goes, who gets the licenses, who doesn't, these three powerful guys, they should look at the kid ahead of time and be like, this, yeah, no, thank you. This kid is so bad that I might have to put the, the, the jersey and the bibs in the freezer. In the freezer? Oh, boy. Yep. Here's the thing, though. Four years ago, people would have been going crazy for the all-white, white shorts <laughs> with the crest paste. Oh, Similarly, yeah. I, maybe I've said this before. Forgive me if I have. How much crap, among all the things that people hated Lance Armstrong for, there were two crimes that he committed. One was that he wore shorts that were extra long. That one, the jury's still out, whatever. That he wore black socks that were kind of tall. Yeah. He got so much crap for that. Uh, I, I think that's why. I think that's why he did it. Yeah, I probably. Know, I'm sure he was doing it like, yeah. But look at he was right in the long run. Like now, people, that's what people yeah. do. That's true. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm looking at the FDJ kit, and I don't mind it. I mean, the the white shorts are very unfortunate, but if I kind of squint, so the so that the man bulge disappears. It's uh, it's interestingly minimal. It's very minimal. No, it's a cla- it's classy. It it's is just, very like classy. Like said, it's like five years too late, and it's I don't know. It looks like a couple I of Doritos. The, the like, FDJ kit used to be. I I just I think what I'm reacting to is I'm not a big huge fan of their new logo. And the new logo is so dominant, and it always was. Yeah, I like the old yeah. logo. I like the old kit because I like the old logo, and now the the logo has been all modernized and sort of like gradient, yeah, and everything like logo. that. And I'm just like, ah, I don't yeah, like modernized. This. By modernized, you mean they brought it to like the late 1990s <laughs> <laughs> with the silly like rounded edges and stuff. It's you, France. Yeah, true. It takes them a while. Uh, HTC Columbia, whatever they had. If I remember correctly, they had alternate shorts for super rainy days. <laughs> was that the team? There was a team, because I remember Greipel have, wearing dark shorts in strategic days. Well, uh, I hope they have that. Oh, I'm also looking at their new bikes. They look cool. Otherwise, it's going to be a wet shorts contest out there. Uh, yeah, but the way that, you know, what would have been nice though, actually, if they would have reversed the white to the dark blue and the dark blue to white, that might've worked out really nicely, but no, I like it. I'm, I'm, and you know, thinking back of the FDJ kits of, of days gone by, um, I can't really think of an FDJ kit that I hated. 
I mean, all the way back to the ones that I can remember. I don't think I, I mean, my issue has always been the white shorts, but I don't think they've, it's ever been ugly. Right? right. I mean, that gray yeah, no, thing they did like 10 years ago wasn't too bad. And well, they always stuck to the, you know, French flag colors. It's can't yeah. be very French. Yeah. But you can do, you can do something, you can do some really ugly things with those colors. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Not bad. Um, FDJ, you know what? Actually, I have a list of interesting. Where is this thing? Of interesting um, transfers here. FDJ, since we're talking about FDJ, I think FDJ is one of the teams that. Oh, yeah, they lost Nasser Bohani to Coffee and Jeffrey Soup is also going to Coffee's. And Pierrick Federigo, who was supposed to be like this great superstar and whatever, he's going to Breton Sachet. The worst thing you can do to anyone is say that they're the next big star. In France, yes. Especially in France. <laughs> yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Jeremy Roy was going to be the, the best thing to happen to French cycling since Bernard, you know, and... It is uncanny how there's a vacuum of French talent, and I mean, I mean, by that I mean super duper top tier talent. I, I know how many good riders from France there are, but mm. oh man, when's the last a time? Psychological thing. When's the last time a Frenchman won the Tour de France? Oh god. When's the last time a Frenchman won even Paris Roubaix? That there could be some. Well, who was the guy that won in Michelin uh, clinchers? That guy was French. I, yeah. How I, long ago was that? I don't know. I can tell you this, though. If Italians altogether stopped winning the Giro, and I know it's been hit or miss because now so many other people are targeting the Giro, but, man, Italians would go crazy. Yeah. French people are – French riders are barely able to win stages at the Tour. Yeah, which is – why. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big problem. Absolutely. Let's see. So Bernardi No went wrote one Paris Roubaix and then called it a bullshit race and never wrote yeah, it. Yeah, that, that was in eighty one. <laughs> but there, come I on, love that. that's oh, how, that's what awesome. I would do. But no, he he actually called it a bullshit a, a circus before he even raced it. Right. Then he won it. Then he quit. Uh, okay. That's what you have to do. That's called the mic drop. I mean, that's yeah, the exactly. First Boom. instance of mic drop in cycling. Okay, so we have Vincenzo Nibali. Froome, Wiggins, Evans, Schleck, Contador, Sastre, Contador, Pereiro, Pantani, because we skipped the Armstrong years, of course, Ulrich, Reese, Indurain, 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 Greg LeMond, Pedro Delgado, Stephen Roach, Greg LeMond, Eno. It's going to be Eno? Eno, 1986. The oh, last wow. time a Frenchman won the Tour de France. Wow. And Perry Roubaix is 1992-93, which is Duke LaSalle. Oh, uh, yeah, Gilbert Duke LaSalle. And before that, Marc Matteo. So that was three years in a row, French riders. So you know what? You, you know what? I'm going to say what you guys are thinking. What? Bernardino has to die. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, why would I ever think that? No, you know what I'm saying. Like that, it's a psych, it's a psychological and physical barrier. These guys can't get past it. He's, the king is still alive. Over their shoulder, they're trembling. And not only that, he really he is there at the ring. There, yeah, shaking his head in disapproval. Yeah, looking Let's at their looking at their butts. Maybe he doesn't need to die. Maybe he just needs to stay home for a year. 
with his pleated pants. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Like, imagine you wake up right after college to your first job, and your dad is standing there going, mm -mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I was a better accountant at your age. I'll tell you what. Um, you bring up uh, Gilbert Ducle LaSalle. He, the last Paris Roubaix that he won, the last year that he won it, it's an amazing race. 100% certified. I give it the Skull Crusher seal of approval. Download it and watch it. It's amazing. It's a really, really, really good race. I like that dude a lot. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, oh yeah, I have a list here of like notable uh, transfers. Uh, I'll go in alphabetical order. Jump in if you guys have anything to say about AG2R La Mundial. Uh, got Yang Backlands from Omega Pharma Quick Step. And Johan Van Sommeren from Garmin Sharp, which is going to be weird to see Van Sommeren wearing that kit, but whatever. And they lost um, Johanny Hutarovic. The first time I ever heard about Hutarovic, I was sitting at the Rafa Cycle Club in New York, the, the, the summer pop-up one. He won, a, he won a stage, and there was a bunch of people there, and Mike said, Hutarovic. Do you remember that, Mike? That was your joke that day. That was my joke. That was your joke that day. Mike, do you remember that from like five years ago? Stand by that joke. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Astana, all the people that basically signed for Astana, they are now thinking like, oh, shit. <laughs> Lars Baum, Davide Malacarne, Diego Rosa, who actually had, remember how I said that uh, I was watching the Strada Bianchi earlier today? Diego Rosa had an awesome race and ate serious dirt in it. It's really fun. He had a big, big time crash there. Anyway. Hey, can I just say something real quick? I know we're kind of done with the Astana thing, and we all kind of agree, you know, whatever. But here's a team that was kept out of the tour, and in order to fix its image, hired Johan Bernil. <laughs> That's true. I mean, really, that, that was their go-to plan. Well, this time they got Luis Leon Sanchez out of Caja Rural, the poor guy. He's been bounced around all these crappy teams, and now he's in Astana. And, and he Rain, has a nice clean record too, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And Rain Taramai from Cofidis. He was, he was in Cofidis seems like for like twenty years, but he's in Astana now. Let me see. Teo Boss went to Mountain Chewbacca. Bauke Molema went to Trek, and Lars Baum, like I said, went to uh, Astana. That's the team. Lotto, Super, Jumbo, whatever the hell. Is Kubeka uh, using Cervelo bikes now? Yes. Yeah, right. They that's were right. last year. I don't know if they are this year as well. I think so. Okay, before that it was Trek, I remember. Yeah. Okay, so that's where um, that's where Cervelo is going. What? Sorry if I missed this, but what is Garmin's new name? Are they Garmin Cannondale? Has that been announced? Can Cannondale now? Slipstream. Team can yeah, Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm way behind the times to so all the listeners that already knew that. Damiano Caruso they're left. Gonna, they're riding Cervellos, too. <laughs> 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 Team Cannondale presented by Cervello. <laughs> actually... Big, big coup for Cervello. So, actually, um, Rock Racing used, in their last year, used Kestrel bikes... No, used, I think, Fuji, but did time trials with Kestrel, or the other way around. 
Because, yeah, because they're owned by the same company. Okay. And I think it was like whichever road, whichever company made the road bikes didn't make time trial yeah, bikes. Yeah, time trial bikes. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So you could do that with Merida and Specialized. Yeah. Since mm. 49% of Specialized. Yeah. True. Or um, better yet, you could just put the Trek people, you could just put them on a Gary Fisher. Oh no, Gary Fisher doesn't even exist as a brand anymore. By the way, really, that that you said by the way like seven times this this episode. Okay, not by the way. <laughs> Trek is where companies go to die. Yes, <laughs> brand, if you, brands. If like Trek, yeah, if Trek acquires you, your brand will die. Yeah, just ask <laughs> Gary Fisher and Klein and Greg Lamont. If Greg you want to check, sign with Trek. Just know that they may also take that check away from you in the future. And if you want to, but listen, and if you're a cyclist and you're doing really well and you want your career to totally go into the toilet, sign for BMC Racing Team. Yeah, what the hell? It's like, it's like a vacuum. Well, it's they signed vacuum. Damiano Caruso and Ron Dennis and Alessandro De Marchi. So all those people you know are going to, well, they never really had careers anyway. But Cadell Evans and Thor Hushoft are both retiring, so they're out of there. Um, another year with BMC? What's that? Is Gilbert doing another year with BMC? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe Drogba's wife must be angry as hell. Why? As much money as they have, she must think like, Christ almighty, you're spending how much money on that crap? Like, not a single win of significance ever? That team is a black hole of money and No, talent. what are you talking about? They've had a lot of really good wins. Stages and stuff here and there. Come on. Yeah, but that's not what he's spending billion, not millions on to have Gilbert have a good year. He had a good year last year, but he wasn't as good as when he was racing for, what was the name of the team back then? Lotto? Yeah. Whatever it was. So, so Gilbert went there, did nothing, and I'm sure he's setting aside millions of dollars out of his own personal budget so that George Hincapie could be U.S. national champion. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. I was like, we need an addition to the mansion. This is ridiculous. Um, Joe Dombrowski uh, left Sky to go to Cannondale. David Millar retired. Tyler Farr went to Mountain Chewbacca. And Van Sommeren went to AG2R. Lampre Merida just lost the one guy, Winner Anacona, who went to Movistar, of course. Yeah. Lotto Bellisol got Thomas de Ghent. If anyone's interested in Winner Anacona, read the interview I did with him. Yes. Rory Sutherland from Tink of Saxo went to Mo uh, to Movistar as well. So that'll be funny to see that humongous dude in that Movistar team kit. And Ethics Quickstep uh, got Maxime Bouet from AG2R, David de la Cruz from NetApp, Fabio Sabatini from Cannondale. And they lost Jan Bacalans and Thomas de Gant. Orica Greenidge, uh, Matt Goss left, but they haven't announced where he's going. Tim Buropkar lost Davide Malacarne, like I said. Tim Chimano, absolutely nothing has happened with him, as exciting as their kit. Tim Katusha, Tiago Machado is going there from NetApp, and they lost Pavel Brut to Tink of Saxo. You know what Giant Shimano should do? What? Do you remember the old three-color color scheme that Shimano used? 
it's like green, blue, and another kind of bluish green. Do you know what I'm talking about? From the 80s? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's oh, an Earth yeah, yeah. Components. We should bring that back. Yeah, I we know should. Giant well, is the bigger sponsor, but they got to do something. Yeah, they're not, now it's called like it's Giant what? What is it? Team Giant something. Giant hair for Marcel Kittle? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's a shampoo company. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, because of Marcel Kittle's hair. No, because there's a guy named Van der Haar there, and Haar is hair in Dutch. I read oh, that right. in a ring today. So, Alpecin. So, like, the, the cyclocross Van der Haar, that means from the hair? Yeah. <laughs> or something? Think of Saxo, where the ones that got the most guys. They got Pavel Brut, Ivan Basso, uh, Marcie Botnar. Ivan I know. Marseille, right. Marce, Marcier Botnar, and I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right, but you can go and hear Boris pronounce it. It's femalecycling.com. And Kisierlowski from Trek. And Peter Sagan, of course. And Juraj Sagan as well, Peter's brother. Mm. And Trek Factory Racing got Bauke Molema and lost Jens Vogt because he retired. What do you guys? think for Trek this year? Pinstripes or no pinstripes? Oh, Are they doing it? pinstripes again? That's the most nope. boring team in the world. Who cares? They need, to, they need to lose them. But, so what does that team have? They have Fabian Cancellara, and they have Jens Voigt now as a partial team director. And That's the they have order. Juliana Redondo, who said that he wants to win the mountains classi- oh, yeah. the mountain classification of the tour, which is amazing that somebody's actually calling that out. <laughs> Not only because he's Colombian, I just love the fact that somebody was like, I want the polka dot jersey at the Tour de France. That's what I'm going for. Because everybody does it for the green jersey, obviously for the yellow jersey. But nobody, people haven't done that for the polka dot jersey in a long time. This guy was like, that's my, that's what I'm going for. I think it's awesome. And I think that's amazing. When you see pictures of him standing next to Rigoberto Duran, you realize that Rigoberto Duran, who is already short, is like three inches taller than, than him. Yeah. yeah. He's so small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let me see. Johnny Hugerland has left Androni as well. If we're talking about pro continental teams, so Johnny Hugerland went from Vacanzale in the first division yeah. Yeah. to Androni Giacattoli in the second division, and now he's gone to Rompot Orange in the third division. Oh no, no, no! They're actually second division as well. Never mind. But his settlement check for getting hit by a car at the tour just came through. Oh, so he doesn't really need to make money. Like, okay, that's good. yeah, man. All right. He's making it sprinkle. Johnny Hogerland. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, listen, guys, that's all I have, unless you guys have anything else to say. You, you left out where Chris Horner. Oh, yeah, that's right. Chris Horner went to race for Mom and Pop. What's the name of the smart stop? Air Gas Safeway. Air Gas Safeway. <laughs> like, <laughs> sounds like... <laughs> is that an air... What the hell is Air Gas? Is that a thing i don't know sounds like a team that you would see like in a in breaking away or something yeah. it sounds like the smallest <laughs> it's like sponsored by their local general store <laughs> it's what is air gas what kind of company is that is that like a like a like an airline that transports i don't hydrogen canisters i don't know uh yeah i don't i, I 
I read that and I was Air just like, gas is welding. They do welding and like gas based welding. Okay, and then what's the second sponsor? Safeway is a gro- is a grocery store. Oh, okay. So it's the Safeway yeah. Yeah. grocery store chain. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, they're they're pretty big. Since you mentioned Smart Stop, uh, Juan Pablo Villegas from Team Four Seventy Two just signed with yes. Smart Stop. That's right, with Smart Stop. Yes. You Here's what correct. we should do. Yeah. We should we should contact Air Gas Safeway boards of directors. And tell them we will design their kit for free. <laughs> All three of us will come up, we'll come up with, with something. a kit that will put every other kit, to, every to other shame. world, to, any any world tour team to shame, and we'll get them. You so know what fresh. it should be like that Vino Kurov jersey that he wore that had a picture of his face oh, his on face? it. It should be that, but with Chris yeah. Horner. Yes, a, a jersey of with Horner with a jersey with Horner with a jersey with Horner to infinity. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. An MC Escher <laughs> Horner. And, and then the very last Horner is wearing a jersey with Vino on. on it. But he's so small you can't tell. It's just two pixels. Yeah. Yeah, um, so Horner is back in the U.S. I wonder if that means he'll grow out his goatee again. Back in the U.S.S.R. He's got better access to McDonald's, that's for sure. Yeah, in Quiznos. Now, here's the question. Do you think he's going to do anything in the Tour of California, in Utah? Do you think he's, he's, he's going to have a good season? Or... I mean, he's he... already said he's going to win the uh, King of the Mountains jersey. <laughs> <laughs> he's winning the Mountains jersey in the Tour of Colorado for sure. He's called it. He called it. It's his target. <laughs> here's the sad thing, what I think may happen. I think he's going to target one of those races, and he'll come in like third. Right. Right. How old is he now? Forty-two. Yeah, but he if might I were Horner, if I were Horner, I would do, I would do, I would start talking shit about like the tour of Utah, and then I would win it and be like, that was a bullshit race. <laughs> Drop the mic on your way out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! How many times have we referenced coming to America in this podcast through the years? Many a time, but it's always the. Um, Sexual chocolate. Sexual whatever. chocolate guy, yeah. Um, Randy Watson. Watson. Oh, Watson, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Team Smart Stop, Colombian rider. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, and with that, I have to say that I got an email from another listener, Nate King, who listens. Hello, oh, Nate. Nice. Nate King involved. listens to this? Why? <laughs> Yeah, no, he's living in California right now, though. He might be going back to Columbia, I don't know. But he's one of those jerks that sends me pictures of, like, how it's sunny and beautiful in California when it's, like, 8 degrees here. <laughs> Dude, I, I haven't seen the sun, seriously, in, like, two weeks. It's been raining so much here, it sucks. It's, it's, driving, me, it's driving me coconuts. And then you have people like Nate King rubbing your face in it. Screw you, Nate King. You're the king of jerks. Yeah, man. All right, dudes. Uh, I think we sounded a little rusty, maybe. Or no? Maybe. Probably. Yes or no? Uh, maybe a little bit. There's nothing to talk about. Who who wants to talk about doping? No. Jerseys are fun to talk about. Kids transfers or whatever. Yeah, transfers. Uh, uh, oh, 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 let me ask you guys this. This is a good time for uh, – we'll close the, 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 the podcast with this. Um, do you guys remember a little trivia? Who won Paris-Roubaix this year? Uh, uh, Dutch guy. Seb Van Mark. No, what, what's his name? Uh-uh. <laughs> God damn it. 
Dude, you guys claim to be cycling fans. Mike! We are rusty. <laughs> Very rusty, because I looked at, I had to look it up today. Well, you had to look it up, too. I did. <laughs> like, wait, what happened? I remember that Flanders was Cancellara. So, come on, guys. I was just looking it up, and my browser crashed. Terps, <laughs> Nikki Terpstra. Dutch man, Nikki Terpstra. I knew it was Dutch, and I thought it was, like, God damn it. Yeah, weird, huh? Well, I mean, the only thing I remember from Paris Roubaix is, is where Bradley Wiggins finished. Um, was he eighth? Or? He was eighth. He was exactly. Eighth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you asked me who was eighth, I would have gotten that trivia question. Oh, okay, then here's another trivia question. What was he? What did he finish? How did he finish in 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 the Tour of Flanders? Who? Wiggins. Oh. He was, twelve. No, twelve was it? No. No, I, he was. I think he was in the top ten as well. I think. Wow. All I can say is that Mike Spriggs, say what you will about him, but he is a company man. Why? Because <laughs> he knows. He works for Rafa. And so, you ask him. Oh, I get it. I get it. What did Wiggins finish in a race he didn't win? And boom, he's got the answer. Just like that. Future employers. Not that he's going anywhere. Pay attention. Sure. He's a company sure. man. Uh, okay, but, hold on. But Safeway should be so lucky. Yeah. She should be so lucky, lucky, lucky. So I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry for the Tour of Flanders, and there's a whole thing, a whole chapter called Epic Races, which is just totally ridiculous. Jesus. That's um, terrible. There should, be a, there should be an entry in the Wikipedia Paris-Roubaix for the time Mike remembers when, when Bradley Wiggins finished. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Mike's uh, Wikipedia page and update it right now with that Thank you. information. Thank you. Uh, I try to update it myself, and it, they always erase it. Okay, so it was Fabian Cancellara won it. Greg Van Avermaet was second. Seb Van Mark was third. Stein Vanderberg was fourth. Alexander Kristoff was fifth. Nikki Terpstra was sixth. Tom Bonin was seventh. Geraint Thomas was eighth. Bjorn mm. Leukemans was ninth. And Sebastian Langeveld was 10th, which means that Wiggins was probably 11th. Klaus said 12th. Uh, yeah, I know. And he just pulled that out of his butt, right? It sounded right. I just remember that <laughs> he was right up there. But also, I think in the cycling podcast, that Richard Moro thing, at some point they mentioned, and I may have heard that in the last couple of months, but yeah. I actually, so he, Wiggins is trying to start like a development team? Yeah, it's already. It's called the Wiggins team. Yeah, it's going. He was 32nd. No, he wasn't. Oh. Yeah. He was? Yeah. Klaus, you were way off. Wait. <laughs> Wiggins was 32nd at the Perry-Roubaix this year. No, Flanders. Through Flanders. Oh. He already said he was 8th at Perry-Roubaix. You know who was 12th was Marcus Burkhardt, Klaus. You were way off. Remember that year, like two years ago, that David Millar was like 12th or 15th or something at Flanders, and then he thought he could win Perry roubaix Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> um, except for the fact that I could see how when you're in the midst of it, you really believe. Like how Kunigo thought he could win Grand Tours and wasted away a career where he could have won maybe Liege-Bastogne-Liege. Yeah, seriously. It's so sad. And sadly, by the way, of all the nations that suffer from that, Colombia has to be at the very top. Because Colombians don't realize that any other race except for Grand Tours are as important as they really are. But can, the, you, can you help them with that? 
Well, the thing is, if you're Mark Matteo or like, if you're Belgian and you won Paris Roubaix, the rest of your life is made. You can appear yeah. at supermarkets and sign autographs for the rest of your life. If you're Colombian and you won Paris Roubaix, you'll be lucky to be parking cars the rest of your life. No yes. one will care. No one in Colombia or no one anywhere. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Actually, if you win Paris Roubaix, nobody in Colombia would care. It'll be like. It's, I think it'd be like, wow, nobody yeah, cares about race. If nothing else, you know what it would do? It would open the doors to people paying attention to that race. So that 30 years from now, when a Colombian wins it again, they would care about him. Yeah, like that was like when Juan Pablo Montoya first came into Formula One. Everybody in Colombia started liking Formula One. And when Camilo Villegas became like a famous golfer, then everybody in Colombia started liking golf. So I think it would take somebody actually winning Paris-Roubaix for Colombians to pay attention to Paris-Roubaix. Because Paris-Roubaix and the mountain stage of the tour are not even the same sport. Paris-Roubaix yeah. is a little mini-golfy. I think President <laughs> Santos said that Paris-Roubaix is a bullshit race. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's pictures of Santos when Esteban Chavez gave him the yellow jersey from the Tour de l'Avenir. Here's the thing. If you're a late, mid-50s president, you will not have the physique of a 17-year-old road cyclist. Don't try to put on that jersey. <laughs> Especially when you're wearing a suit and tie. Yeah, I mean, it just like, it's like the Chris Farley big man little suit or whatever. Big man in a little coat. <laughs> yeah. Fat guy in a little coat. And maybe that was even a podium jersey or a slightly bigger one. But, man, when someone gives you a jersey, don't put it on. And here we were saying that there's nothing to talk about. See? There you go. After Horner, it all went That's up. right. All right. Speedmanocycling.com is the website. Go check it out if you want. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Mike, thank you very much. Klaus, thank you very much. And hopefully uh, there will be something to talk about next time. I'm guessing probably in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we'll try to figure it out. Uh, stay warm, you two. And we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>